Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless, Diva Talk Radio. No, I don't. And how do you feel about alcohol choice? 
Mm-hmm. Right. So were you drinking prior to being diagnosed with diabetes? Um, yes, I, I, I have been known to have a cocktail or two. But, uh, but, you know, for me, it's a personal choice. I decided that uh, it was just one more thing to have to calculate and deal with, and I decided it was not worth it for me personally. Now, Kathy Lee and Hoda have come into a lot of fire lately for drinking on day t- daytime TV. What do you think about that? Do you think they're glamorizing drinking? Uh, I think that they're they're having a good time. I, I don't see an issue with it. It is rather early in the morning, and I think that might be sending a, a different sort of message. But honestly, I, I don't have an issue with it. They seem to enjoy themselves, and they seem to get along well. And um, I, I don't see it being a problem between the two of them. Well, I think they're lovely women. I actually met Kathy Lee Gifford uh, when I was working for Luther Vandross. We were on the Regis and Kathy Lee show several times, and I just want to tell all the listeners she's as wonderful and cheerful off air as she is on air every day. I mean, she was so welcoming to us, and I just love celebrating her success right now with working with Hoda. I think it's a fabulous show, and I know you wrote a special poem to help us kick off the podcast, so we'd love to hear it. Well, thank you, Max. Um, I, I did something a little bit different this time. It's a little bit of a rap, and I'm not a rapper, so please bear with me, but I think you'll get the idea. It's called the Kathy Lee and Hoda Rap. Kathy Lee and Hoda, sipping on a soda. Wait, I think that might be wine. Talking about celebrities, lifestyles and vanities, having a real good time. Gossip and mischief, Joan Rivers facelift, new sushi place uptown. Gotta go and try it, get back on my diet, a lot of good stuff going down. Wanna get my diva on, New York City marathon, push-ups, sit-ups, crazy-looking get-ups. Can't drink the supersize, everybody minimize, going crazy diet-wise, skinny people idolize, don't eat the french fries, then you get criticized. Gotta be a size six, looking for a quick fix, turn on the TV, everyone's a size three. Kathy Lee, doing well, sipping on a Zinfandel, Hoda, Cotby, Apple Martini, Champagne and Bourbon, Cityfied and Urban, Chardonnay and Merlot on the Today Show. Everybody sing along. Come and get your diva on. Oh, my goodness. That Thank is you. quite a poem. I love it. I want to be your human beatbox next time. I'll have to work on that. <laughs> I love that. that. Thank you for helping us raise our glass as well as awareness tonight around this sensitive topic. And thanks for being on the show, Thank Lorraine. Thank you for having me on the show. Have a good show. All right. Well, now, everybody, Kathy Lee and Hoda seem to celebrate Wine Wednesdays every day during the fourth hour of the Today Show. And their wine and the cocktails they choose to consume seem to be as essential as Gifford and Cope to this program. But I know shopping for wine can be a real dilemma for a lot of us divas, especially if you're either reaching for one buck chuck at the Trader Joe's or you're grabbing for the wine bottle with the prettiest label. So here to help us raise our collective Diva IQ when we're shopping for wine is Wine Spectator Magazine's Vice President of Marketing and Business Development, Samantha Shaken Baker. Hi there. Hello, Samantha. Hi. Thank you for having me. What are you drinking tonight? Well, you know, a great way to start an evening, you know, if you're sitting at home or you're just munching around, is it's great to have maybe a really light, sparkling champagne uh, or Prosecco wine. Just the bubbles are always very light and fluffy, and, and it's kind of 
it's not just for a celebration anymore that like it's a birthday or an anniversary. You can drink at any time. I love it. But you know, I am always conflicted, especially when they look at a champagne bottle between the difference between very dry and brewed. Like I don't understand very dry doesn't taste dry at all to me. Is there what's am I missing something? No, no. Um there's very there's a lot of different types of sparkling and champagne and they're all made from different grapes. So for example, um most champagnes when you see blanc de blanc are made from only white grapes. And those are very it's clean, it's acid, and those champagne grapes are only found in champagne. But there's prosecco from Italy, cava from um, Spain, you know, there's non-vintage, um, also vintage means, you know, it's the best grapes. So a lot of it depends on the time of grapes that go into that quote-unquote sparkler. So some are drier, some are made more sweet. Um, one thing you can always look up is if you go to winespectator.com, you can look up tasting notes. Um, so you can see if it's dry or acidic, or you can ask your local retailer. They should be able to help you and say, I want, you know, champagne is a great thing or sparkling wine to pair with any kind of food. Some of it, you know, some of it lighter food, some of it more heavy and sweet food. But um, a lot of times in our business, and tell me if I'm talking too much, we do entire dinners from start to finish with, you know, sparklers and champagne. Um, and a lot of, you know, Dom Perignon, Moet and Chandon, like they all like to promote it that it's not just for a celebration. You could have a whole dinner of, you know, these little bubbles. Oh, you mean you could choose to have, instead of serving a red or white wine, you could start, you could serve a sparkling wine or a champagne throughout the entire evening. It absolutely. So why, and, I keep seeing this trend with the rosés too, like the spark, I, I'm still trying to understand the difference between the sparkling wine and the champagne is really the grape and the region it's grown in? It's the region of what it, where it comes from. So champagne only comes from the champagne region of France. Sparkling wine um, can come from California, um, you know, within the United States. But once you leave the United States um, and say you go to Italy, you have a sparkler, it's going to be called Prosecco. If you mm-hmm. go, you know, as I said before, if you go to Spain, it's called a Cava. Um, so, you know, different countries call it different things. And in France, it's called Champagne. So, well, but it's, no, um, it's even better we're going to be celebrating our third year anniversary with this podcast come July. I'd love to impress all my educators and my diva. What would you recommend, what sparkling wine or champagne would you recommend I buy that, uh, that would really impress everyone? Um, well, that's, that's a tough one because it depends how impressive you want to be. Um, we're you a non-profit, know, you can, Samantha. Let's say, let's say for like so that, that. I don't think I'm reaching for top shelf, but I certainly could go in the middle. You, you know, there's a lot of um, great sparklers from California. Um, Gloria Ferrer, Mum Napa, Roterer is from California. So it's it's there's plenty of things in the United States that you can get for, you know, if you a Domaine Chandon Rosé can be $22. And that, you know, that's not a break-the-budget kind of thing. Or you could even go for Corbel, which is $12. So, 
Then you could go up, I mean, to Krug, which you're going to be like 50 or $75. So right. it runs the gamut. So when you're, when you're looking at champagnes, I know a lot of times I'm also reading now lately about pairings, like foods that go great with these bubbling uh, bubbly. What do you recommend? What does Wine Spectator magazine kind of recommend for pairings? Because I know that's so popular. Um, something spectacular. Hmm. I think that if you want to go and start something with a light salad, you know, or you know, any kind of salad or cheese straws or cheese course, you know, you can start that with like a nice prosecco, and then you can move on and you can you know, pair different champagnes with, say, fish or seafood. So it's really, a lot of it is drinking what you like and what you prefer to taste. So if there's, you know, a rosé, we'll have some red wine grapes in it. And I love rosé champagnes. And you can eat rosé champagnes with, you can have it with salmon. You could have it with duck. You know, you can really... Um, you can have an, an all-white light champagne like Ruinar with caviar or raw seafood. So it's like it's not just that one, let's have a glass at the beginning of a dinner and then move on to wine, which you certainly could do. But, you know, champagne is and sparklers are here to stay. I love it. And you not only work in, uh, in the wine industry every day with your work at Wine Spectre, Spectator Magazine, but we should tell the listeners, you're also living with diabetes. Uh, how long have you had type 1 diabetes, Samantha? 24 years. And so how do you mix alcohol with your diabetes? How do, how do you manage to stay a diva through well, all of this? One of the things for me, and, and I am around the drinks business, is I like to have food when I drink so that um, I help to have the my alcohol digested with food, and you know it happens to be I'm, I'm around a lot of different drinks and new drinks. Um, but you know I I try to taste as opposed to drinking all the time, and and recognizing that the next morning my blood sugar will probably be lower um, because a lot of alcohol lowers your blood sugar the next morning. But I've I've figured out you know a lot of when you go and ask for a cocktail and it has something like simple syrup in it, um, we, you know, we recommend put a sweet and low instead or an equal instead of a simple syrup so that the drink isn't as, as sugary or sweet. Um, you know, certain um, things like triple sec, that's sweeter than if you went with, you know, just a, you know, uh, a different kind of alcohol so it's like you know you you kind of get to know what works best with your diet and what doesn't well great well cheers to you and thank you for joining us on tonight's podcast we greatly appreciate it oh it's my pleasure anytime and they can find out more at winespectator.com correct Absolutely. And if you want, I can send you all kinds of different ratings on different champagnes and sparklers. Just let me know. And we'll put it on the DivaBetic blog at divabetic.org. All right. Thanks, Samantha. Now, believe it or not, today's listeners in the Washington Post, there was an article that states that alcohol may 
offer some health benefits, but excess drinking can be dangerous, which only seems to make matters more confusing for social drinkers. So here to help us clear things up are the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Ooh la la. For the smartest and sexiest diabetes educators from around the country, please welcome Janice Harris from Washington, D.C. Hi, Janice. Hi, Max. How's everybody doing? Great. And Marianne Nikolai from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Max. Hi, Marianne. Patricia Abbey-Jezel from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Max. Hi, Patricia. And Neva White from Philadelphia, PA. Hello, Neva. Hey, Max. Hi. Hi, everybody. Marianne, you know, tonight's topic is all about drinking. I know that's making a lot of people thirsty out there, but I do not understand why you chose to wear a swimsuit to tonight's podcast. Can you explain that? Well, I'm wearing my favorite bathing suit. It's a nice, pretty um, yellow and lavender Hawaiian print, and I'm wearing it because the end of the month on April 26th, 27th, and 28th, is the annual Swim for Diabetes, which is a major fundraiser for Diabetes Partnership of Cleveland. And we are going to be swimming for pledges at over 40 pools in the greater Cleveland, Northeast Ohio area to raise money to keep the Diabetes Partnership of Cleveland um, able to provide free diabetes education and support services to the people in the community. So I chose to wear my bathing suit while I'm talking to you. And you look like a diva because we should also tell everyone that the Diabetes Partnership of Cleveland hosts the Diva Club, which is now in its fifth year, correct? Oh, no, we're in our sixth year. Sixth year? Oh, my goodness, because I want you to meet Neva White, who's the leader of the Diva Better Club in Philadelphia. Neva? Hey, hello. Can you believe that Marianne's wearing a swimsuit tonight? Yes, I can. Well, Thomas Jefferson uh, University Hospital has a lot coming up later this year, too. I know Marianne has been to our makeover, but when is our makeover event happening in Philadelphia, Neva? Our makeover event this year is going to happen in November. I believe it's the third Saturday in November. We're we're moving it to November this year because we're partnering with the American Diabetes Association to try to reach uh, our record number of women this year. So we're real excited about this partnership. Well, and I wanted to have four Diva educators on the show tonight because they represent sex in the city to me, and those women were always cocktailing. So, Angels, are you ready for the hot topic tonight? Okay. Ready. All right, because here it comes. We're going to be talking about alcohol, and we're starting with Janice from D.C. Janice, um, how much alcohol could someone be drinking, and what's harmful? Okay, Max, um, how much alcohol, that's always a question that we get at at Howard University Hospital Diabetes Treatment Center in terms of how much can they drink to be safe, but... Um, it states that uh, most people will recommend that a woman can only have one drink a day and a man can only have two drinks a day to be safe. That's considered moderate um, alcohol consumption. And with that, they have to be careful of what is a serving, what, what does it mean? You know, what does that mean, one drink? Well, of course, that would mean five ounces of red wine, 
12 ounces for a beer, and then one and a half ounce for a shot glass. And the question may come, well, why can men have two and women only have one? But as you stated, there is an article today in the Washington Post that addresses just that issue. It states that because when men have more water um, in their system, that they're able to um, consume, um, you know, that extra drink, whereas women cannot because the, the alcohol is then distributed through the water um, mass in their body, and so they're able to take in that second drink with about the same effect as a woman taking in the one drink. And just because a woman may be of large size, she still has to remember that she still is a woman and the one drink still applies to her. Um, so the answer to that is just one drink for women and two drink for men. All right. And, you know, that's so funny because uh, they're marketing more and more to women with alcohol. I know Marianne Nikolai, uh, skinny girl cocktails. Everyone's pushing these low carb, no carb cocktails. What are you, what are your feelings on that? Well, um, you know, I have a friend who kind of likes the skinny girl brand. They they skinny girl comes out with or has come out with flavored vodkas. They have a white wine. They have a Cosmo. They have a mojito, and they have a sangria. And these beverages, some of them are sweetened with. Um, Agave nectar, which is a um, sweetener that comes from the agave plant. It's a lot sweeter than table sugar, so theoretically you use a little bit less to get a good sweet taste. Now, that having been said, um, you know, the Skinny Girl brand is out there. If you've tried it, you know, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. I don't particularly care for it. I just don't care for the flavor. But some people do like it, so let's think about it a little bit. Um, the Skinny Girl Vodkas, I think there's four or five different flavors of vodka, and a shot and a half, which is about one and a half ounces, is about 76 calories per serving, as opposed to um, any other kind of rye or whiskey or gin or, or whatever. That's about 90 calories for, per serving. So there's a little bit of a calorie save. Now, if you're getting a margarita, if you're going out to dinner, you're getting yourself a nice margarita, according to CalorieKing.com, about three and a half to four ounces of margarita is about 153 calories and seven grams of carbohydrate. Um, the same amount of Skinny Girl is about 100 calories and four grams of carbohydrate. So there is a little bit of a savings there. And I don't really know, at least none of my friends stick to three and a half to four ounces. Um, and a lot of times we don't do that. We We just get a bigger size. So you really have to be careful because those um, calories can creep up on you a bit. When well, we're looking at that too, is like I know for most of my friends, the diet goes out the window the minute you start drinking. So I mean, yep. having these skinny girl cocktails. I know you at the Diva Better Club have also been hosting uh, lunch outreach programs where you go out to lunch with uh, the members of the Diva Club in in Cleveland. So I'm right. curious, have you discussed this when you're out, like at a Fridays or some of the restaurants, and and navigating better choices? You know, we haven't really discussed alcohol too much because most of the folks, the ladies that come, are not big drinkers. And we do go out at lunchtime for the most part, so there's not a whole lot of drinking going on. But we have talked about it in our diva group, and um, we always get some nice questions about it. So um, it's a good topic to address every now and again and just be timely with it. Um, my suggestion to people when they're having a drink, if they're going out to lunch or wherever or at home, is to watch what you're mixing your drinks with. If you're having a mixed drink, use that mix. Uh, make sure it's a sugar-free mix. Something, um, you know, diet colas are very easy to get. 
uh, diet ginger ale. If you're having a drink um, like a, a highball or a ryeball, which is one of my favorite drinks, or a gin and tonic or vodka tonic, you can get a sugar-free tonic. You can get a sugar-free ginger ale, sugar-free colas, no problem. However, if you're going out to eat, it's really hard, at least in Cleveland, to find sugar-free ginger ale or sugar-free tonic. So those are drinks that I would recommend, at least if you're here in Cleveland, maybe you mix, make those at home and don't have those going out so that you're not wasting some of those extra calories and extra carbs on a sugared mix with it. All right. And, you know, Patricia, Elaine Stritch is retiring this year. I saw her live on Broadway a couple of years ago. She was talking about, uh, she made reference to something about her alcoholism leading to diabetes, and I feel so many people living uh, with diabetes are uncomfortable about talking about their alcohol consumption with their health care provider. There's a little bit of shame or blame associated with that. I'm curious to know, is there any truth to someone uh, developing diabetes because they drink too much? Well, Max, I guess we can say that truthfully uh, there is a connection. Normally you don't think of alcohol consumption causing type 2 diabetes. However, um, alcohol, if it's abused or if the person um, uh, admits to alcoholism or abuse of alcohol, then there is an effect to the pancreas, and we know the pancreas is where insulin is made. Also, um, glucose production is affected, um, and so that's the liver stores that glucose. So with the uh, pancreas being affected, the liver being affected by the alcohol, all of these um, kinds of conditions can potentially increase the person's risk to develop type 2 diabetes. And, Patricia, so what really does – one more question for you because it's so confusing. What really mm-hmm. does happen to your blood sugar when you have something to drink? Does it go up or down? Or uh, Samantha made reference to it earlier. Well, binge alcohol uh, use usually will have an um, effect of increasing the blood sugar, wherever uh, the uh, long-term use of alcohol increases blood sugar. Binge drinking usually would decrease, and especially if the person is um, if the person is taking insulin and other medications for reduction of of, di- of the blood sugar, then alcohol certainly can connect with that medication and cause the blood sugar to drop drastically. All right, that sounds kind of scary. And Eva White, uh, you know, we're talking about hazardous health habits. I know a lot of people who are social drinkers often reach for cigarettes. I'm wondering, someone living with diabetes, they're not only having a cocktail, but they're having a cigarette. What do you want to say? Well, I want to say that these are conversations that we really need to have with our providers because there is a lot of information that we can give patients if we understand some of their habits, some of the things that they're bringing to the diabetes, some of the issues that they're dealing with even before they know that they have a diagnosis of diabetes so that they can not only drink responsibly but also do it in a safe way. But we do know that there are some complications associated with alcohol use and smoking. I mean, there's so much out here now in terms of research, the harmful effects of smoking and diabetes. So we really want people to stop smoking if they have diabetes. And there are a tremendous amount of resources to help people do that. 
And you're such a friendly, um, easily approachable educator. I'm just curious, like, what would your advice be to a patient who really wanted to address the topic of alcohol consumption with their patient provider? How how should they, what do you recommend? How should they approach it? Because I know a lot of people out there are drinking. They don't really tell their uh, registered dietitians or their general practitioner or their endocrinologist or even any other member of their healthcare entourage about their drinking because they just feel it's no one's business. So how... What advice can you offer? Well, from the patient side, I think I would approach it from a meal planning and to ask the question simply, how can I responsibly integrate, um, you know, an occasional drink into my meal plan? From a provider point of view, I think that we have a responsibility to ask the question. We have to ask patients about their alcohol use because it can significantly impact our, our, you know, our treatment regimen for that individual. So I think there's a responsibility on both sides. Well, that's fantastic advice from all my angels tonight. But I want to meet one more diva, so I'm ready to pass the boa. Hello, Diva. Oh, hello, Diva. It's time to pass the boa and show us your new attitude. Let's meet tonight's real-life Diva living with diabetes, Laura from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Welcome, Laura. Hello, Laura. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Were you enjoying a fuzzy navel and taking one more sip before you got on the, uh, call, on the <laughs> show with us? No, not tonight. Those are just for special occasions. I'm so glad to have you back. For everyone who's listening, Laura was on our show last week, Serve, Taste, or Trash, food podcast with Chef Robert Lewis and author Ginger Vieira, as well as Miss Aida Romaine. And we found out a little bit about you last week, but I want to inform our listeners a little bit about you tonight. You're living with type 2 diabetes, and um, you also have a husband living with diabetes. So I thought it would be interesting to talk to you a little bit about how does a couple manage diabetes together? Okay. Well, um, both of our fathers uh, were diabetic. Well, my husband's father, he's uh, he's still living, and he has type 2 diabetes, and my father is deceased. So... It was a familiar territory for us. Um, I was diagnosed first about three years before my husband, but uh, we just try to support each other and uh, make healthier eating choices when we are eating together and uh, try not to bring in too many things from the grocery store that are going to be tempting. Well, your secret uh, special co-worker today, I saw on Facebook, brought you some treats. I'd love to talk about the Mountain Dew for a minute. Do you really like to drink Mountain Dew? You didn't think I was going to bust you tonight on the air, but I am, because I saw the Mountain Dew in that photo. Uh, Do you really yeah. drink a lot of Mountain Dew? No, not at all. Um, the uh, the Code oh, Red, that's my, that's my guilty pleasure. And uh, the the Mountain Dew Code Red, the uh, cherry-flavored Mountain Dew. Do you know how much Dew. sugar is in that? I know we're talking about alcohol tonight, but it's all about drinking in general. Do you know how much sugar oh, yeah. is in Mountain Dew? It's, over, it's more than classic Coca-Cola. I'll be looking yeah. it up as we're talking. I'm just curious. So when do you have, I mean, when do you, how do you fit it into your meal plan, as Neva White just suggested earlier? Well, um, you know, I generally when I have to, uh, you know, make a meal plan and choose my carbs, I would much rather eat my carbs than drink them. But right. um, 
my uh, coworker knew that that I kind of have a fondness for the code red, and so uh, what you know, since it's in the twenty ounce bottle, I can have like a little bit every day, like a third one day, and then a third the next day. It's also really, really high in caffeine, so that's another reason why I wouldn't drink a whole bottle in one day because then I'd be up all night. I'm lying down on the ground because you know I live in New York City and Mayor Bloomberg is, has a super-sized soda ban trying to get passed again, and we wouldn't even be able to have the 20-ounce bottle of soda in any of our bodegas or grocery stores because, you know, there is a lot of research out there proving that if you just gave up sugar-sweetened beverages in general, you could lose up to 10 pounds a year without really drinking oh, yeah. anything else in your diet. I know Definitely. the other thing that has to be a part of your diet, more because of the work you do, are these Girl Scout cookies. Now, how long have you worked for the Girl Scouts? Well, I've I've worked for the Girl Scouts for a year, but before that I was a volunteer, and before that I was a camp counselor, and before that I was, you know, growing up in Girl Scouts. So it's been a part of my life almost my whole life. How do you think the Girl Scout philosophy helps you manage your diabetes? Um, well, the, there's a, a lot of focus really here in the new millennium on um, promoting healthier eating, uh, along with healthier living and green living. There are badges that teach the girls about growing your own food and about making healthier eating choices, about exercise. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm proud to be part of an organization that supports that. And uh, even within our council, our our workplace, we have challenges each month that go along with wellness. This this month, it's uh, trying to be active 20 minutes for three days a week. And so that's uh, that's the challenge. They're challenging everybody to do that. I love it. Well, you know, as the Eternal Girl Scout, uh, Diva loves to play games, Laura, from Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, listeners, that's right. It's my favorite time of the show because it's time for our diabetes numerology game. Here's how diabetes numerology works. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Then I'll ask Laura to tell us how she would deal with the situation. And next, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, all four tonight, will discuss her solution and share some tips. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, please keep in mind that no one solution works for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be and visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game downloads. Now, Laura, what kind of car do you drive? I drive a Honda Accord. Well, over the weekend, I shot my newest video at the International Auto Show in New York, which will be on Mr. Diabetic's YouTube channel very soon, and I saw some amazing cars, including a Mercedes-Benz. But what really caught my eye was a red convertible, and I was inspired to create this diabetes, diabetes neurology game for you, which is loosely based on Thelma and Louise. Okay. And that's because we've got Kathy Lee and Hoda, who I think are kind of like the Thelma and Louise of daytime TV. So your diabetes numerology situation is your best friend just not a rapist, and you're driving away in a red 66 Thunderbird. Your diabetes numerology blood sugar value tonight is 56. Laura, what would you do? 
Uh, I would try to find a gas station or a restaurant and uh, get some protein and some carbs pretty quick, uh, some slow-digesting carbs to bring my blood sugar up to a safe level. Maybe that Mountain Dew that you have? No, that would not not be a good idea. Um, Maybe some whole wheat crackers and some cheese would be um, a good choice there. All right, well, let's hear from the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. I think she, I'm curious to know if they think you're driving safely or driving off a cliff. Let's start with Neva White from Philadelphia. Neva, how did Laura do? I think Laura did good. Also, I think um, that you also want to consider carrying some emergency glucose. I know a lot of people, when they are, um, you know, traveling, some people even keep emergency glucose uh, tablets or gels or drinks in their car. So I think Laura's doing well. I also would suggest uh, having that on hand as well. All right. And Janice, um, what should people living with diabetes know about driving? Well, one thing they should know about driving, that it's always a good idea to check your blood sugar before you get behind the uh, wheel. And a recommendation we typically give is try to make sure your blood sugar is at least above 100 before you begin driving. And then always be prepared for emergencies. I know here in the Washington, D.C. area, the traffic is always horrendous. So we encourage people to have non-perishable snacks in their car that would contain a carbohydrate and a um, protein for them to snack on, as well as rapid-acting carbohydrates such as glucose gels or glucose tablets. And as Laura stated, you would take something right away, but you necessarily would want a rapid-acting, a rapid-absorbing carbohydrate as opposed to a slow-absorbing carbohydrate to treat a blood sugar at 56. So at, in that particular situation, that Mountain Dew, at least four ounces of it, may have been a good idea to get her blood sugar up to right back up to normal very quickly and then follow that with a snack that may include the crackers and some cheese so that she won't fall back down again. All right, and Marianne Nikolai, the Diva Club leader in Cleveland, Ohio, what do you like to tell the Divas about driving and diabetes? Um, Well, I would give them some of the same advice that Neva and Janice gave. Um, Always check your blood sugar before you get in the car. Make sure that you're driving safely. Um, Never drink and drive. It just isn't worth the risk. Um, If you've been out drinking and having a good time, Uh, In the evenings, make sure you have somebody with you that knows that you have diabetes so they can watch for symptoms of low blood sugar, but never, ever get in the car and drink and drive. But having some source of glucose in the car and having some kind of a wrapped snack that can stay fresh for a while is great so that you have it there ready to go if you need it. And Patricia Addy-Gentle, I've heard this term before, hypo glycemic glycemia under awareness what is it and how would it affect someone who's driving well max when a person normally experiences hypoglycemia there are certain symptoms or warning signs to let them know that their blood sugar is dropping however with hypoglycemia on awareness these symptoms are not um 
you don't feel them. Uh, you have this unawareness that the blood sugar is dropping, and by the time it's drastically low, um, when the hormones are no longer providing your glucagon and the epinephrine that uh, to bring that blood sugar back up, then uh, the person can lapse into unconsciousness. Uh, before that happens, they normally are kind of confused or disoriented, but even to the point of being unconscious. So if that is something that a person with diabetes has ever experienced, of course, when they're driving or if they're going to drive, um, as the other angels have indicated, it's very important to check the blood sugar prior to starting that drive. And every diva needs an entourage of care. So it's a good idea to never be alone or, you know, infrequently um, Try and have someone who can accompany you, especially if it's a long ride. Great. Well, Laura, for playing our diabetes numerology game tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new natural gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket of cheeses, a healthy chocolate basket from Lily at www.simple-com approach-to-healthy-living.com, and a level foods gift basket containing delicious tasting glucose gel that will raise your blood sugar twice as fast as juice and half the calories of your favorite soda, which we found out tonight was Mountain Dew. I'm still <laughs> I'm still rocking about that, Laura. I have to tell you, I'm just going to have to send you a bottle of water. Um, <laughs> and you were talking about caffeine and how it affects you, so I think you're going to love my next segment, because coming up right now, everybody, it's time for Makeover in a Minute with skin expert Sue Perez. Hi, Max. How are you? Hi, Sue. You know, we're talking about thirsty. Uh, we're talking about alcohol. We're talking about being thirsty. She's talking about caffeinated beverages. I'm just wondering, like, I've been reading that they can affect your skin and not in a great way. What do you want to say? Well, what I find interesting is that people think uh, drinking alcohol is the only thing that will cause damage, but actually any caffeinated beverage, if you drink caffeinated beverages, if you drink coffee, um, that will definitely also cause a lot of dry skin. So, I mean, it's not something that we want to shy away from. If you like coffee, have coffee, but for every cup, you should have two, cu two cups of water. So um, alcohol is very drying, but, you know, at the same time, there's things that you can do to add moisture to the skin and add, you know, nutrients um, of course, if you drink a lot of alcohol, you can cause a lot of damage. When you drink alcohol, all of the blood vessels dilate. So if you've noticed some people that drink a lot, obviously, there's like that red skin tone. So you mm -hmm. want to make sure that drinking alcohol is something that you do socially, but you want to do things also at home for home care. So basic skin care is a must. Twice a day you want to use your cleanser. You want to make sure that you're using a good moisturizer, a good eye cream. But also, there's things you can do to really add quench to the skin, really hydrate the skin. Um, I like to use a mask, and there's some great masks out there. Um, I found a great one that I really love. It helps to cleanse out the pore. It helps to enhance glow to the skin. It improves tone and texture. Most importantly, it adds radiance. And something that women always complain to me about that I see a lot in clinic is a dull, dehydrated um, skin tone. So if you're using a mask, and you can use them as often as you'd like to, a mask is a great way to add hydration, nutrients, and give you that beautiful glow. Um, another thing I like to use is a serum, and serums are used to really address the superficial things that we see on the surface. So if you have um, sunspots, if you have dry skin areas, if you have 
fine lines, if you're concerned about sagging skin. Serums are, are made to really address the physical changes that we see on the surface. So those are my top two things to do, and I'm going to write them on my blog, and I'm going to add the two top products that I love to use at superes.com. I love it. Now, I just want to ask you a quick question about serum. Sure. The difference between serum and moisturizer, are you saying serum goes right into the crow's feet and the laugh lines and moisturizer goes all over our face? Moisturizer is used to prevent moisture loss. So just being outside, just walking around, you're going to lose moisture. So moisturizers help to prevent moisture loss in the skin. They also add, um, if you get a, a, a moisturizer that has um, sunscreen, it's going to help to, add, you know, help with, you know, sun. But serum is really designed to address the superficial things that we see. So they work on a deeper layer. They kind of penetrate into the dermis and they help to you know, really see an, a, a change. You know, if, you're, if you come to me and you say, I have a lot of, like, hyperpigmentation, then I can recommend a product that will actually address hyperpigmentation. And that's what you do when you use a serum. All right. Well, you know, the next time you're on the show, I don't know if you are a big fan of Kathy Lee and Hoda's, but they just celebrated their mm -hmm. fifth-year anniversary. And they were showing a, a, a clip where Hoda told Kathy Lee that, yes, she does a Brazilian bikini wax. <laughs> and I thought we would do some tips on that the next time you come on the show. Of course, absolutely. Uh, you know, waxing is a great summer, way. Right? I'm sorry? I said it's almost time for summer, right? Brazilian is all year round, baby. <laughs> oh, so all right. well, we'll, be, we'll, we'll be blogging about that. Yes, absolutely, gentlemen. for sure. Right, Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, my two inspirations, I admitted that I met Kathy Lee earlier because I worked for Luther Vandross, and I'll be hosting a podcast in Luther's um, honor on Friday, April 19th at 12 p.m. to celebrate his birthday on April 20th. But I have also have to admit that I met Hoda Ko because I went to her book signing for the book 10 years later. And Hoda released this book 10 years later featuring the stories of people who have faced have been faced with challenging or tragic situations in their life and found a way to not only survive it but thrive. So I thought tonight I would talk about the perseverance, purpose, and passion it requires to be living with diabetes for 10 years or longer with Neva White, the leader of the Diva Bed Club in Philadelphia. Please welcome back Neva White. Hi, Neva. Hey, Max. So 10 years later with diabetes, you know, we heard Samantha has been living with diabetes for over 10 years. I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that people might see changing uh, after living with diabetes for 10 years? Well, one of the things that we hear so often is really how individuals view view living with diabetes and, you know, the things that they uh, experienced when they were first diagnosed and the fears, the myths, the uncertainties, Although it continues to be a challenge, we find that many people uh, who have been living with diabetes for 10 years or more, they, they become a resource for others. They uh, become, a, you know, somebody who people can go to, people can talk to, people can get information from. Sometimes, though, you know, people who have been living with diabetes for a long time, sometimes it's not a positive thing because of the complications associated with diabetes. And some individuals who may have not done all they can do or were not able to get all of the information or resources that they needed uh, are living with some major complications. And what would be one of the complications? I know this month we're going to be talking about diabetes fairy tales at our annual meeting, 
and about happily ever after. But I wanted to, you know, Luther's anniversary of his birthday is coming up, and Luther suffered a stroke. Is that common for people with diabetes? They might be suffering strokes um, 10 years later. Yes, yes, and sometimes an individual has a stroke, and they never knew they had diabetes when the stroke was actually a result of a complication of living with diabetes for some time. So stroke is is a major complication. Heart disease is a major complication. Blindness. uh, Diabetic retinopathy is one of the um, number one causes of preventable blindness. Well, and the other thing, you know, we mentioned this earlier that I would think if you were suffering, if you started to feel any of these complications would be the depression, which kind of brings us back to the whole drinking issue. Like 10 years later, if your health is kind of on the decline and you're beginning to feel symptoms of neuropathy or not, you might just, just the day-to-day living with diabetes could really play with someone's attitude and mood. How do people, who, who should people see about that? Because I know that's much more common than people think. Max, that's excellent. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, mental health issues, living with a chronic disease, any chronic disease does wear on an individual, you know, the all of the challenges. And what we have done, uh, we have actually integrated a mental health a uh, specialist, a psychologist into our work. We advocate that patients, uh, you know, actively seek out a mental health provider so that they can uh, have someone to help them organize some of that uh, part of their life. Also, as providers, we want to provide opportunities for people to talk about these things. We have to ask the questions. Again, Max, we have to ask the questions. We have to assess people because, Sometimes we don't know which came first, the depression or the diabetes, and then sometimes you don't know uh, what is feeding what. So it's important that we that we integrate these assessments into our practice so that we can identify when people have these issues. And this is where Laura, I know you're still on the air with us. I, you know, your husband, both of you are living with diabetes. Do you, is there anything you do to keep your moods elevated and just you know to kind of ward off depression? That do. You, teamwork around your diabetes? Yeah, well, I mean, it's really good that there are two of us because we can support each other. When one is feeling depression, you know, the other one can kind of cheer them up because they know, uh, we know what it's like. It's not something that you're trying to understand from the outside, you know, it's something that you know personally from the inside. So that makes it a lot easier. And I hope for all our listeners, you know, you're part of the Diva community. We're here for you on Facebook, Twitter, um, on YouTube. You can always contact us. And you heard tonight that if you're in the Cleveland or Philadelphia area, you could please join either one of these free monthly meetings and find some support, encouragement, connect with great educators like Neva and Marianne, as well as get cheered on by me, Mr. Diva Bedick. So thanks, Neva, for helping us do 10 years later with diabetes. Now, let's face it, diabetes is all about the numbers. The challenge for many of us is learning how to better manage our numbers to stay healthy. But you have to know what they are before you manage them. So please welcome back Patricia Addy-Gentle with some important information about diabetes wellness. Hello, Patricia. Hi, Max. Your segment's so popular, you now have theme music. I love it. Oh. Numbers. You know, I mean, I, Kathy Lee and Hoda are fashion plates, but they make me think of the fashion police. 
Uh, we discussed this last month. Uh, Kelly Osborne had a seizure right there on stage during one of the commercial breaks for taping the Fashion Police on E Network. We wanted to tell our listeners a little bit about what happened and uh, what are seizures and how common are they? Well, Max, seizures do occur in um, a higher population than uh, we even think about sometimes. Um, there are people who have seizures not even knowing that they've had a seizure. Um, sometimes it only lasts for a second or two, but if there are times or moments when um, it's like you kind of daydream or phase out and not able to connect with uh, any stimulation, then perhaps some seizure activity may be occurring. And a seizure is actually uh, caused by electrical activity uh, in the in the brain, and when this uh, rhythmic nerve um, activity is not conducted the way that it should be, then seizures can occur because our brain cells normally communicate with each other and send these chemical and electrical signals uh, to let us know. Um, uh, keep us in a, a good frame of mind, but sometimes there's alteration, and certain health problems can cause that. Um, we don't know in all cases what the cause of seizures are. Sometimes a person may have, an, a, may have a seizure and it goes completely unexplained, but there are other uh, times when we know exactly what caused the seizure activity. You can even have a seizure from if you have diabetes or even if you don't have diabetes, if you experience an extremely low blood sugar. Electrolytes uh, being imbalanced, the uh, sodium, calcium, or magnesium uh, can also cause seizures if, it, if they become extremely low. Traumatic head injury, um, injuring the brain, uh, drug withdrawal, especially alcohol withdrawal. Alcohol is considered a drug. Uh, okay. Brain tumors, strokes, Various things that can cause seizure activity like uh, meningitis or encephalitis or infection of the brain. Um, anytime the uh, brain may be depleted of oxygen, um, if there was a, a depletion at some prior time uh, um, in a person's uh, medical history, then a seizure may occur later. But these so you're are usually saying that in many cases it could be an isolated health experience and not be something that's a reoccurring chronic condition, like in Kelly Osborne's case, correct? In, in many cases, it's an isolated occurrence, exactly. All right. Well, that's good news, and that's good news for the Osborne family. And and for anyone out there who's questioning their health, we should urge them to go see their health care provider, like Neva said so eloquently in the last segment. So thank you, for Patricia, for being part of the show tonight. Thank you. Now, coming up, it's time for Mama Rosemary with her Mother Your Diabetes tip for April. All right, please welcome Mama Rosemary. What are you drinking over there, Mama Rosemary? Well, Max, I was going to think about having a nice margarita. But then when I heard Marianne tell me how many carbs there are in it, I changed my mind, and I'm going to have the cocktail I have every day, a nice big glass of water. I love it. And you're celebrating something coming up pretty special in your life. What is it? 
Oh, we're, well, I will be having that bubbly because we're celebrating my grandson's graduation from the University of Georgia. And that will be an occasion to have that bubbly that Samantha recommended. And I'll be right there with you because for Mother's Day weekend, everybody, I'll be coming to Savannah, Georgia with Mama Rose Marie to be part of the Taking Control of Your Diabetes Conference and Health Fair in Savannah, Georgia. Please join us on May 18th. For more details, go to divabetics.org. Now, Mama Rosemarie, what is your Mother Your Diabetes tip for April? Well, my tip this month is to remember to to have a healthy diabetes lifestyle is a healthy life, lifestyle for everyone. Whether you are a person with diabetes or a family member or a friend, you can prepare meals that are healthy and taste good. Look for recipes that are low in saturated fats, low in sodium, and added sugars. Experiment with recipes that include fruits and vegetables, lean meats, and non-fat dairy products. Other healthy ingredients are foods that are high in fiber, such as whole grain breads, rice, and pasta. Encourage your friends and family to join you in living a healthy lifestyle by learning to entertain like a true diva-betic. And that's my tip for this month, so I wish everybody a happy spring, and ciao for now. All right. Thank you for being a part of the show. Laura, what did you think of the show tonight? I thought it was great. Different from serve, taste, or trash, right? Yeah, very different, but just as good. Well, we enjoyed having you, and we enjoyed celebrating Chattanooga, Tennessee with you and the Girl Scouts. That's an amazing organization. If you want to join our organization, it's as easy as joining Facebook, liking us on either our group or fan pages, checking uh, out my videos on Mr. Diabetic's YouTube channel, coming to our website, divabetic.org, and following me on Twitter. Now, remember, every diva and every dude has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. I'd like to thank all my guests, and thank you for listening. So thank you, Neva White and Marianne Nikolai, for being a part of the show tonight. You're welcome, man. Good to talk to you. And make sure you go swimming in Cleveland, right, Marianne? Yes, go swimming in Cleveland the end of April. And uh, Patricia Adigentel, I might see you at the annual AADE meeting this year in Philadelphia in August because I'll be presenting with Neva White all about the Diabetic Club for uh, educators from around the country. I'm looking forward to that. Wonderful. And Mama Rosemarie, we're going to go to Savannah, where I hear we're going to be doing Magnolias uh, for all the divas down there in Paula Dean country. Are you looking forward to that show? I sure am. Magnolias are in full bloom right now here in the South, especially. Oh, it's just a beautiful spring where you have dogwoods and azaleas. Oh, they'll just love our magnolias. It'll be wonderful. And Janice Harris in D.C., I'm coming down to Central Farm Markets in Bethesda, Florida. I mean, Bethesda, Maryland, excuse me, to be part of some ongoing outreach efforts down there. What do you have going on at Howard University? Well, Max, we have uh, we have a program going uh, monthly at Howard University Diabetes Treatment Center, and we have a, a wonderful website that people can um, log on to and get information about the programs we offer there. Um, so it was a wonderful show tonight, and I so enjoyed being a part of it. 
All right. Well, we appreciate it. Have everyone be part of our show tonight. Remember, check out next week when on April 19th, I host my annual podcast tribute to Luther Vandross, celebrating the music, the man, and the memories with Luther bandmates, managers, producers, and this year we're talking about the 80s. So join us for that. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Yeah. Yeah.